This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Yes, sir. Hour number two, off and running. What's up? I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Available to you in all 82 counties. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. Check them out at favorates.com. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Yeah, JB, you sent me that note about how everybody's freaking out about Tom Brady still using an iPhone 6, right? Exactly. What's the big deal with that? I, I, I say he's tech savvy. <laughs> he's probably smarter than everybody else because he's not being tracked by Big Brother and everybody <laughs> else. Well... You think it has anything to do with that last phone experience he had? Remember the whole smashing? Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, Tom, we're, Tom, we're going to need your phone. And <laughs> we hear you deflated some footballs. We're going to need your phone so we can check out your text messages. Okay, I'll see y'all. Uh, I'll meet you in the parking lot tomorrow morning at 9, and I'll give it to you. Meanwhile, about an hour Back. later, smash! <laughs> It's in a million pieces. No, look, it's interesting. I did not plan this. For people watching the live stream right now, this is honest goodness truth. What is a big deal, people? What is that? Is that a five? The one, the, the, the. Because I know you use one phone. You've got a one up to date phone, but you have one phone that you okay. use just for. These are my last three C Spire phones. The one I use currently is an iPhone 8 Plus or 8S. Is it 8 Plus? It's an 8 Plus. Okay. That's the one I have here. I'm not, I'm, I'm hanging on to it because right now I have a special camera lens for this case that I film stuff with my iPhone. It makes it look good and it fits this phone. I don't want to get rid of it yet. Okay. So I have that one. The one that's actually streaming the show. If you're watching this stream on YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope, you're seeing it through the camera of an iPhone 6S Plus. And the one right before that I hold in my hand that I still have is basically an unscratched, still like new iPhone 6. And I even broke this iPhone 6 out today thinking I might switch it out with that old one for the stream. I just didn't do it. But it still works fine. Nothing wrong with those. And people are freaking out because Tom Brady uses an iPhone 6. Whatever. People will freak out about anything, won't they? <clears throat> People are just looking to be freaked out. <laughs> they are just looking for a reason to be freaked out. Uh, Sven, watching in Germany, he's commenting here. He reminded me that last week it was Dak's 27th birthday. It was not 28. So he's 27. And then he also said uh, many schools out here are shooting down or shutting down their programs for volleyball, rowing, fencing. Meanwhile, the NCAA making $5 billion out of football. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, well, and what do they make off basketball, too? And those things do fund that. We'll get into it at some point. We'll either either today or the next few days. It's going to hang around for a while and continue to bubble up. But with the Pac-12, you know, they've got a group of players that are demanding half of the revenue that the league, the league makes. 
uh, during all this. And uh, there is another side to that, and that is, you know, they do pocket it and they pay those coaches millions upon millions of dollars and all that kind of stuff. But also there's a charitable angle in there too because football is funding all those other sports. You know, you've got – well, let's just put it this way. Every football, basketball playing college or university in the country is making money off of football or men's basketball or both in some ratio, depending on who they are. It's football, men's basketball. That's it. Nobody else making any money off anything. Softball is a big sport over there at – yeah, I know. They ain't making nothing. You know, track and field is really big at, I know, making squat. It costs some money. I mean, they're basically paying to do it, to have a reason for those athletes to come to their school. Because the universities, see the relationship here, y'all? The universities on, on their side understand that the single solitary best marketing tool they have at their disposal is their athletics teams, their football team, their basketball team, and in some cases, the other sports. Sure, women's basketball and that kind of thing. It's the best. What is what is the marketing team, the professionals, the people you're paying to, to be on your marketing staff at the university? What are they primarily involved and invested with? Sports. It's the best marketing you have. Otherwise, nobody knows about your cares. Successful teams, the best marketing arm that you have. But they're not making money. The only ones making money are football, men's basketball in some places. In a lot of places, men's basketball ain't making nothing. And in a lot of places, football is not making much. But it's how they fund everything. So the question then would be, if the revenue goes away from the schools and the athletics programs, how many people do they have to fire in order to still be able to fund women's sports as a part of Title IX. Because that's what you have to do. You have to fight, you have to trim off the the amount of as much salary and expenses on people as you could possibly trim off to then be able to figure out where to move the money to still fund softball. Yeah. So that's kind of the weird relationship in all of that, as far as I'm concerned. But I certainly do find it interesting. Boys and girls, it is interesting times that we are living. It is interesting. Yes, it is. The times are interesting that we are living. (laughs) There, I think I got it worded correctly. Hey, I didn't get to it in the first hour. Let's do it now. Countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Let's do it. 100 teams. 100 days. The Countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties, a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155. Matt Anderson, Properties with National Land Realty. Matt can hook you up if you're buying or selling that piece of property, timberland, hunting land, recreational stuff, lakefront. You can view the property you're interested in buying at 360-degree interactive drone touring, and you can view properties without ever setting foot on them. If you're selling property, get comprehensive Internet traffic reports for your listing as well. So call him, Matt Anderson, 601 number, 
51-55. Team number 35 on the countdown of 100 teams, the Broncos of Boise. Okay, I don't know the words, but, you know, in the way it sounds, I'm not too keen on Boise's fight song. But I'll tell you this much, they sure have had plenty of opportunities to play the stupid fight song, haven't they? Wow. They were 12-2 in 2019. There we go. They were 12 and 2 last year. They were 10 and 3 the year before. 11 and 3 in 2017, 10 and 3 in 2016, and 9 and 4 in 2015. You have to go all the way back 5 years. You got to go back to 2015. The last time that Boise State did not win double digit games and if we went before that we'd see a whole lot more of the same. See, and if the group of five had their own level of competition, then Boise would be like a dynasty there, wouldn't it? 12-2 and at Boise last year. They have uh, this year returning five starters on offense, six on defense, or five starters does uh, include their quarterback, who didn't necessarily put up phenomenal numbers last year. He was, you know, kind of splitting the season – Last year with another player, player Jalen Henderson, actually 12-2 and two, touchdown to interception ratio, played the most. But uh, Hank Bachmeyer, 62% completion, nine TDs, six interceptions he returns. Their top three ball carriers in terms of who they give it to, all coming back. They get two of their top three receivers back on this team. Four of their fo- top five tacklers off last year's team, all back at Boise this year. And so if you look at Mountain West, let's see, they were scheduled, hmm, Georgia Southern. So Georgia Southern's in the Sun Belt, correct? Yeah. Georgia. That's who Boise has scheduled right out of the gates on September the 5th is Georgia Southern. So if you look at Georgia Southern, what is the likelihood that Georgia Southern and Boise State are playing football on September the 5th? Well, Georgia Southern is in the Sun Belt, Boise, out in the Mountain West. I saw this this morning on Twitter. Uh, Craig Stevenson, he does a show with uh, Randy Kennedy and Mobile uh, on, on radio down there. And this morning, they interviewed Joel Erdman, who is the athletics director at South Alabama. South Alabama in the Sun Belt. And this is what... Uh, South Alabama's AD told them on that radio show this morning in Mobile that the season opener at Southern Miss is still on for September the 5th. They're still going to play on September the 5th. We're counting it down, 100 teams in 100 days up till Saturday, September the 5th. Today it is August the 3rd, basically one month away. And the South National Alabama holiday, by the way, what is today? It is today. Is 
National Holiday. Yeah, it's Watermelon Day. Well, it's my birthday. <laughs> Your birthday. You know, yeah. I looked at the National Day calendar. Did you look at that one? I did. So it has three things for today: the National Day calendar. Today, August third, National Georgia Day. What the heck is that all about? How you have a national promotes, day for a state? Promotes unity within the, within the United States. God knows we could use some. Uh, August third is National Grab Some Nuts Day. Now I'm just reading it. You know, like peanuts, cashews, almonds. I'm not a Brazilian nut guy. <laughs> Those Brazil nuts are are huge and full of calories. They'd be great for hikers, but otherwise you just want to stay away from them. They're very good for you. But And then, yes, it is National Watermelon Day. But anyway, we're a month away from September the 5th, and the point is the AD at South Alabama, who is in the Sun Belt, says our game September 5th at Southern Miss and Hattiesburg is still on. All right, then. So that may mean, then, that Mountain West Conference champ Boise State hosting Georgia Southern on September the 5th from the Sun Belt is also still on. I'd say it may be still on, but going back to what we talked about last week on the show with uh, travel-wise for the SEC schedule, yeah, I just don't see Georgia Southern flying to Boise for the game or right. vice versa when you just get on Highway 98 from Hattiesburg to Mobile and you're there. I mean, it's a bus ride, two hours. Mm-hmm. Big difference between South Alabama and Hattiesburg versus – Boise. Georgia Southern and Boise. Yeah. That's just my two cents. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, and week two, JB, Boise is supposed to go to Air Force. That's not that far. Air Force out there in Colorado. Where is it in Colorado? I've been to the Air Force Academy many, many, many years ago. Week three, Boise was going to host Florida State on the blue turf, but now we know that was not happening. And then they have a Conference USA trip scheduled for the end of September. So the weekend that right now everybody else is scheduled to begin that weekend of the September of Saturday, September 26th, that Friday night on the 25th, Boise is scheduled to play at Marshall. And then after that, they would jump into Mountain West play. They host San Jose State, Utah State, UNLV, and Colorado State. They travel to Hawaii, New Mexico, Wyoming. And then uh, they have BYU on the schedule. They have a home game, a Friday night home game against BYU to begin the month of November. Um, But that's at least what they have scheduled. Hey, I have a theory on that, too. Now, I I agree with you, JB. Right. You know, it makes more sense for South Alabama to just jump in a bus and drive up to Hattiesburg and play Southern Miss on September 5th than it does maybe Georgia Southern going all the way to Boise. And I get it. But let's look at that South Alabama Southern Miss deal. Okay. The whole rest of the football-playing world, in the college world anyway, the Power 5 stuff, pushing everything back. We can speculate all the millions of reasons they would push everything back, not start early September, start at late September. Well, part of the reason is they're not going to play as many games, right? All this kind of stuff because they're not playing non-conference games and, and all this. But if you're South Alabama and you're Southern Miss, let me give you a scenario here. Southern Miss is missing out on a million-and-a-half-dollar check from the University of Auburn this year, right? I'm sorry. I said the University of Auburn. That is so wrong. It is Auburn University. There. Correction made. You know, a million-and-a-half, two million dollars, whatever it is that Auburn was paying or going to pay Southern Miss to come to Auburn and play a game this year, 
a big, huge check, which is a big, huge chunk of the Southern Miss athletic budget. They're not going to get it because of the canceled schedules. Well, what if Southern Miss, teams from Conference USA, the Sun Belt, teams from the Sun Belt, who are missing out on those checks, what if they're now because the SEC won't be playing on September 5th and the Big Ten won't likely be playing, and the Pac-12 won't, and the Big 12 probably won't, and the ACC won't be on TV in those first couple of weekends in September? Well, what if Southern Miss and South Alabama can get themselves a better TV slot? What if Conference USA and Sunbelt Yes, conferences can for a week or two or three weeks in the beginning of September, if they're going to play, what if they can collect television checks that they normally don't get? Well, you can you make a great point because remember we talked last week when we found out about the SEC stuff that uh, La Tech was getting bumped from a game with University of Arkansas and they were losing $2 million in revenue from that. And then there was another game that La Tech got bumped from. So they were getting... Out of a $15 million athletic budget, $3.5 million were not, it's not going to be coming in this year because those are two teams they weren't going to get to play. Right. So what if Louisiana Tech, if they actually do go forward and play a game against somebody, somebody, anybody, they get some exposure they don't normally get in the early part of September. And if their conference is sharp, maybe they even get a check that they don't normally get from television because nobody else is playing in early September. Now, you know, again, on the health front, you go, well, but several million dollars here or there, yeah, but what is it worth to put people at risk and health risks and fans? And and I get it, but I'm just saying in reality, if you're going to play, is there not motivation for Sunbelt teams, Conference USA teams, to play early September games and get those television time slots? I don't know if any of that can be renegotiated. I don't know what their look-ins on their contracts are. You know, right now, for instance, Conference USA has a television deal with CBS College Sports Channel. I don't know that the Sunbelt does. I know the Conference USA does. So it's part of CBS, but CBS College Sports. That may totally prevent those Conference USA teams from even, even figuring out a way to have their game on ESPN. It may not be possible. But, if it's the only game in the country in that time slot on September 5th on CBS College Sports, can the conference and the school go in there and renegotiate that with them? Because, the, look, the rating is going to be bigger. <laughs> and I guarantee you CBS College Sports is going to sell the advertising for more than they normally would. Just something to think about. I mean, it's something to think about, but something that I do think is also a part of reality. All right, Boise is team number 35, team number 34 coming up later in this hour. Y'all text me on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Love to get your phone calls as well on the Divinity phone. Uh, here on the text line, let's see. Unnamed texter said, what kind of information are SEC schools required to release in regards to COVID-19 infections, are they required to quarantine players that are infected? That's two questions. I don't know the the absolute definitive answer to, but I can tell you this. I mean, on the last one, are they required to quarantine players that are infected? I think that was an absolute yes. 
Um, yeah. I'm not sure they can list the names due to HIPAA regulations within yeah. the university and also just medically. Yeah, as far as releasing the names, yeah, I don't know if they can. But, I mean. They can they can say we've had X amount of players test positive yeah. and they're being quarantined, but I don't think sure. they can list list names. And you won't know until game day when so-and-so is not on the field for pregame whether or not they have been quarantined. Yeah, and, J.B., that's like. We get used to that every year anyway, kind of dealing with that same scenario because we hear uh, Mississippi State had five players suspended this week for so-and-so and so-and-so. And then we don't know exactly for sure officially who those five are until Saturday. You know what I mean? We get a we get a release and it'll say, you know, these players aren't in the starting lineup. You know, so we kind of. I think it's a lot of privacy issues too, but I also think it's just to protect the kids. Yeah. Because they don't want them being interviewed without somebody around them to help them kind of out. You know. That's right. Saying? Yeah, because you don't know what they're going to say about it. Ron texted the show and said, uh, "Oh, oh, he was talking about. He meant to add the group of five champs into a particular like a, a playoff scenario." His revised college football playoff, where you'd have Power Five champions, the best record from an independent, but he also meant to add the Group of Five champion into the new playoff. That's his idea. So it looks like Robert Woodard, basketball player, indeed is declaring for that NBA draft, going to stay in it. Mississippi State men's basketball tweeted out, good luck, once a Bulldog, always a Bulldog. So apparently he's going to keep his name in. So there you go. Are you exercising more because of COVID? Let me get into that next. I'm Matt. Stick around. Yourself. Now back to the Matt Wyatt Show. So what do you think? Thanks for being a part of the show. Y'all text me on the country pleasing text line 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Country pleasing sausage. On grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast, the best anywhere. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Anthony from Tupelo on the text line. Anthony says, if I understand it correctly, one of the Pac-12 player demands was that that players who had tested positive on the teams they were playing be reported. So the individual names. Yeah, I don't, you know, the whole medical HIPAA thing is so confusing Maybe it's just confusing for me. I'll admit it if it's just me. I don't know, but I never can seem to get a handle on it. Every time it ever comes up, somebody comes along and goes, yeah, but you've got this stipulation and that, and you could do this, and people are wrong about it. Heck, man, I don't know what they can or can't do. My thing is, you know, Anthony, what those players in that particular unity group out in the Pac-12 demanding I don't know which part of it you take seriously. I don't know which part of it their league takes seriously. 
you know, right now until something else pops up. That league is not going to take it seriously. Um, the demand that the player is going to get half the revenue that the league makes, they're not taking that seriously right now. I, I don't really know that I have a real strong opinion on it one way or the other. It just kind of is what it is. I've always felt like, you know, if you look at markets, you know, value, it, the money's always going to go where the value is. It always does. It always has. It just will. It'll, it'll gravitate that way. That's where the money will go. And if the real value, you know, if what those players think their value is in that particular argument, if, if that's really where the value is, then the money will go there. But if not, it won't. It's kind of the way that stuff will play out. The thing on the other demand, so you go, okay, I understand that a player wants to make sure that there are no opposing teams and coaches concealing positive tests, players who are infected with the virus, who haven't been quarantined for the right amount of time and that kind of stuff, or you don't want players concealing it. And then you're put in a position of danger because you're out there with them. You know, I can understand that. You know, wanting some guarantee that I'm not going to be out here locking arms with and pushing and shoving and getting breathed on by somebody who's got it and they're playing just because they're a good football player and you want to win the game. And so y'all covered it up. Just one of the many, many things they're going to have to overcome, I think. Speaking of the virus, I put this out there on uh, Twitter earlier today. There's some really interesting thoughts. Are people exercising a little more because of COVID? The tweet itself said, has COVID motivated more people to walk, jog, exercise, or get in shape? I said that I, it seems like I had noticed more activity on the streets. That's why I put it out there is it just seemed to me that I've just noticed more people out, not in groups, walking, jogging, walking the dog, riding a bike. People I hadn't seen before out doing it. And I guess there's a lot of reasons you go, well, they're home or the kids are home and driving them crazy. <laughs> you know, they just want to get out. I can get that. But I just wondered if there's this whole thing, too, of, you know, a lot of people, especially older folks that saw and have seen on and on how pre-existing health conditions stuff is making this virus, making you a target for this virus. There are a few interesting responses. Caleb responded and he said, more so the weight I gained during the early part of COVID has prompted me to start exercising again. <laughs> um, Sean said, generally, I would say yes. However, I think those that it didn't motivate, got worse. I don't think many maintained that either got better, healthier, or got worse, gain weight, less activity. And maybe that's true. Is it kind of, you know, separated? I thought that was interesting. Um, former teammate of mine, Trey Belcher, he had a comment about, that, you know, the possibility that you had a lot of gyms that are closed. And there are people out there doing outdoor workout stuff, organized workout stuff to get people involved. Somebody responded and said, yeah, I lost 18 pounds at this point. Workout six days a week, been a blessing in disguise for me. You know, earlier Brandon called the show in regards to that and said that for him, it was an opportunity to kind of get out, reconnect with nature. He's gone hiking more. He's been doing more. 
And it really has changed things for him in a positive way. Chris on Twitter says, I wouldn't say it motivated me more. I've always been a runner. I think it just gives me and a lot of people more time to fit the exercise in since we aren't going as many places. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with that. Somebody texts the show on the country pleasing text line and said, there's nothing else to do and no place to go. I guess that's right. Um, I think that's what it is. I think it's all those factors combined. You know, there's probably for some, there's that element of, well, I, I think I sh- a lot of it, people just want to get out of the house. Yeah. You know, you can only, I'm not a video game guy. I never was. So that doesn't really float my boat, but there's just only so much TV you could sit and watch when all this things first started. And it was also just doomsday every day. And I know I had to get out and walk because of my back, but, I, I saw people in my neighborhood I have not seen before yeah. other than maybe waving to them in their car as they drive by the house. But now they're out walking and, you know, people were were distancing at the beginning and maybe not so much now. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just t- took me back to kind of what you said earlier in the show, Matt, about growing up in a sandlot neighborhood. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Things were simple. It, absolutely. Things were simple. You know, it did show, I, I had already gotten motivated even before the um, the pandemic set in. I was about a month ahead of it because I had gone to the doctor because I kept having this these flu-like symptoms I couldn't get over for a month and a half or more. You know, and I'd gone to one doctor and another doctor. I couldn't get over it. Finally, I went to one doctor. This is the beginning of February or close. It was in January. And he says, hey, you know, you need to get active and lose some weight. You know, he's looking at my weight. <laughs> and I'd gotten too heavy. And definitely had gotten too heavy. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I, I decided, you know, and he scared me a little bit. He started talking about heart things, you know, and, and all that. So I thought, well, okay, I got to get in shape. So I kicked it off and got started at the beginning of February. I've talked about it on this show, lost weight, lost about 40 pounds. I've managed to keep it off now for a little while. And uh was about a month into that whole deal for me, the eating, the watching it, the counting calories, the exercising, mainly just eating, cal- counting calories uh, to drop weight every day, every week. But was about a month into that when we were visiting my dad down in Dothan, Alabama, we realized that the SEC men's basketball tournament had been canceled that week. Then I got the phone call that Roger had passed. And then we came home and everything was just topsy-turvy, it seemed like, since then. Um, but, you know, in that amount of time, I, I especially during the early parts of the quarantine, JB, yeah, that was it, is there were a lot of work things, not the radio show. We kept going with the radio show. Cause I could do it from home, you know, but a lot of the other work stuff and the video work stuff just got put completely on hold. It just stopped. And for a while, for good reason, and it's up and going again. But during that time, it was like this, it was like having the first time in my life in a long time where I could totally give myself permission to just go out for an hour or two. And just chill out. 
<laughs> Mental health. It has been, <laughs> listen, it has been transforming in some ways. It's and amazing, I'm not going, I'm not going back mentally. Yeah. The mental, people talk about JB being on that hamster wheel. Yeah. But the mental hamster wheel is the worst part about it. Yeah, get your mind to shut down. It's hard to do. Yeah. Um. So, so that part of it has been healthy. Uh, you know, now if we could just play a little football, <laughs> that's terrible, isn't it? Give me. Well, I was watching <laughs> CBS News yesterday morning, and uh, the guy said, "What is the new normal? This is not new, and it's not normal. I I don't like it. You know, and I just sat there and thought. I said, it's life." You know, it is what it is. Mm. You you either crawl in a hole and worry about everything or you face life and you do the best you can. That's right. And you give it what you got. And uh, as, as I've kind of felt the last couple of days, man, not only do you bloom where you're planted, but you grow where you're placed. Yeah. So, Or you should. Yeah, yeah. At least try. Right. Yeah, and a lot of it, I mean, I'll, well, most of that has everything to do with kind of the mental state that you are in, right? And kind of your outlook on life, your outlook on life and on, on everything else. I think for some people, they have responded to this as positively as they can. There's no guarantee that we aren't going to catch it. There's no guarantee everything's going to be fine. We don't know any of that. But we responded by, we get outside and get active. Kind of go back to those sandlot roots and enjoy the sunshine and walking around, running around, playing in the dirt. Get back to nature. All right, stick around. Talk right here on The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show in the Farm Bureau studio, about to wrap up hour two. Uh, in hour three, we'll continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Let's see, what do we have left today? We've got a Big 12 team and an SEC team to jump into today. Fight songs and all that jazz and everything that's coming up in hour three. And I'll encourage you, if you've been watching the live stream of hours one and two here today on this Monday, We'll send you on over to the audio live stream. Lots of different ways you can listen to the show online. Just go to the website, thezone1059.com, thezone1059.com. Click the play button, and you'll be listening live to whatever's on the air. You can also do what I do, use the iHeart app on your phone. Whenever I'm listening to Jake on the drive in the afternoons, I just open up iHeart. Uh, I had already searched once in there, 105.9, the zone, and there it is. I just click play and listen on the go. Via the old smartphone, it really is smart. I put a new smart TV in my house this weekend. It's really smart. Oh, talk to me. I want to know what you got. Yeah, it's it was you know a kind of a budget friendly model. It was an L. It's an LG. It's a right. lot like the one I have in here. LG looks good. Is that what it stands for? Yeah, absolutely. LG. Yeah, it works well. Um, you know, we just did a little remodeling and got rid of an older TV and moved a couple around and that kind of stuff, but. Everything you have a man cave? Uh, no, I mean, this this office studio kind of serves as that, but I don't really need one. I don't want one. I, I've never been somebody who... I, let me just put it this it way. It goes against what we were talking about in the last segment, right? It kind of does. I <laughs> There's something about me 
that if I am in this house and my wife and daughter are also in this house, I just have to be where they are. And see, and I'm, I'm sort of antisocial. I'm not a big, I'm not a big extrovert. I'm not a socialite. Never have been. I'm a lot. I can spend all the time I need to spend alone. Me, just me is all right. You know, if, if I didn't love my wife and daughter so much, I could live out in the woods, be fine. <laughs> right by myself. But when they're here, I have to be where they are. That's just something about it. I, I have no, I can't be comfortable just getting up here in the office, in the studio, working on stuff, doing video stuff, kicking back, watching a little TV, knowing they're in another room doing something else. I, it's, I can't do it. Different personalities. So man cave, like if I had a souped up man cave, the only way I'd ever use it is if they came in there with me. <laughs> and then it's not a man cave, is it? It'd be a y'all cave. Then it's a y'all cave. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. Here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line. I want to remind you, uh, if y'all listening right now, you've heard me mention Divinity Equipment a lot. Really appreciate them. Great, great folks. Great family. You're a Kubota dealer. I've said before, I think the way I've worded it before, they are the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., which means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. Two locations, Highway 51 Madison, Spring Ridge Road, and Jackson Raymond. They are hiring right now. Y'all spread the word. If you know anybody out there looking for a job that fits this mold, Divinity Equipment, they are looking for a diesel technician. They need an assembly technician. These are jobs in the shop. They need a service writer in the shop. They need a sales associate, ag sales, turf sales, construction sales. They are hiring right now at Divinity Equipment. I know a lot of people are out there looking for jobs. Hit them up. You can find the contact info at DiviniEquipment.com. On the Divinity phone at 995-1059 is Fletch hanging on. Fletch, appreciate you calling. How you doing today? All well. Thanks, sir. Good. Hey, uh, tell me about this Chucky Mullins movie. What, when is that coming out, or, or is it going on? They like working on it right now. Well, um, this, as I understand it, the same production company that did the Thirty for Thirty did the movie, and it was uh, around Thanksgiving about two years ago, and it has kind of been fraught with um with problems hmm. evidently from the get-go um it was supposedly coming out from the angle from brad gaines's perspective and not as much chucky's okay okay and as one uh as as some of the old miss people that i've talked to about it told me once they realized that some of those people started stepping away from it and that's kind of how i got involved you may be for me with Leroy Mullins, a longtime trainer at Ole Miss, the athletic trainer yeah. um, that I worked for back in the late 80s uh, as an undergrad, been on staff in the 90s. Um, I talked to Leroy about it, and Leroy, uh, he's such a stickler for detail. When he found out it, uh, maybe he didn't appreciate the nuances between a documentary and a movie. Uh -huh. Once he found out they were they were dramatizing a lot of things that didn't happen, mm -hmm. He couldn't. He couldn't get on board. So I ended up kind of taking his place as uh, I think they call me the technical director for the part 
when we packaged up Chucky out on the field. Now, I was an undergrad back back then when Chucky got hurt, and I was not on the field at the time okay. when they were packaging him up. I was actually an M-Club officer, so I was in the stands in the tux uh, getting ready to escort uh, one of the homecoming mates. Okay. Uh, and then I went back in the locker room after after the homecoming festivities and then went back out on the sideline. But um, I was not on the field that day. I was not in the documentary 30 for 30. Mm. Um, but I played the part of Alan Lawler, the redheaded assistant trainer that was on Chucky's head when they packaged him up and took him off the field. Okay. And, and so you're in the movie, and Fletch, like you said, there's been some... Uh, whatever the word is, some some angst from the get-go. But I guess what I'm curious about is, do we know when I'm going to get to watch it? Well, that's a good question. Um, I understood they had to go back and refilm some scenes or redo some things. Yeah. Um, but it was actually supposed to have had its world premiere at the Ford Performing Arts Center on campus in Oxford um, back I don't remember Aprilish when they had the Oxford Film Festival. Yeah, that was supposed to be the premiere. Y'all are probably familiar with Dino Orr. He was he was uh, one of Chucky's contemporaries on uh, player. Um, he was involved getting some people uh, around that were that was in the movie. Okay, uh, some of the players, trainers, managers from that era supposed to be involved with that premiere, and then obviously uh, COVID happened, yeah. and all of that got. Um, got squashed now they did some of that that oxford film festival stuff uh view on demand on some of the films that were featured there but i have not been able to find i'm pretty sure they're calling it it's time okay or yeah. i have not been able to figure out uh when in it's time it's time is going to be broadcast it does not appear to be available yeah um okay um but they it, it, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. I mean, they had a couple of decent actors playing Brad and Chucky. Uh, some of that was legit. I don't know about a lot of the rest of the scenes. I just was down here at Jackson when they when they filmed it um, at the vet down here. Okay. Um, some of the, you know, they had some of the players like like just small 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 uh, uh, item. One of the players in the iconic. Uh, pregame photo where Chucky and Brewer are running out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a white player, Greg Hogue, who's a kicker. I think he was 25. He's in that photo on the right-hand side. Uh, they He was probably, I don't know, six foot. They've got, they had about a 5'8 black guy playing him in the movie. So small parts, the majority of the public won't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a lot of the insider players and folks would say, you know, hang on. So it, people just have to realize it's going to be a movie. It's going to be dramatized. It will be based on facts, hopefully facts. Um, and hopefully it will come out and be a good representation of everybody involved. Yeah. But I have heard some kind of negative take on on the angle they came at it from Brad Gaines' side and some of the effort on that part sure well and i guess too you know there's probably an element of every movie that's ever come out you know it's got its critics and even the great movies you know they there's some people that threw tomatoes at it and all that kind of stuff so 
It's just a matter of seeing it. And yeah, and they're it. always going to have to dramatize it to either make it work yeah. or to make it a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. So Coach Brewer and, and Leroy Mullins, I don't think, were real comfortable with that and began to distance himself. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But they both kind of gave me blessings to to do what I could. I told them I would try to make it as accurate as I could for what little bit I was involved. Um, but, uh, and Matt, another connection uh, we have uh, a love for, for Chucky Mullins is after I, I finished at Ole Miss in 90, I went to Alabama and was a graduate assistant before being on staff for them for that Niger championship season. But that allowed me to get to know and love Kevin Turner. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, Kevin Turner. Um, you know, another guy you could make a movie out of his life if you wanted to. No doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. They ought to do it. Yeah. Hey, uh, Fletch, thanks so much. Good to talk to you. Good to see you all. Take care. Yeah. You talk to you later. How about that? Small world. Kevin Turner from Prattville, Alabama. He was on the 1984 championship team at Prattville. Played at Alabama. Running back, fullback. Played in the NFL. Eagles, Patriots. And uh, died from ALS, I guess, about two years ago. Good call. Good info from Fletch. Looking forward to the Chucky Mullins movie. It's time. Stick around.